Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Data Leadership Podcast. Um, today I'm joined by Phil uh, Bailey. Uh, we're going to be discussing how to build for success. Um, and we're, all going, we're also going to cover some of the confusion at the moment going on around role titles, whether that be from the candidates or the client's perspective, and just how, how that's impacting people uh, during the recruitment process. Um, so Phil's a, a data leader, um, but also a hands-on developer, architect. He, he's wore many hats across his career. Um, so he, he's in a great position to, to, to give his view on this. Uh, so yeah, if you want to give a, a bit of a, an overview of yourself, Phil, and we'll go from there. Sure, thanks Richard, and hello everybody. Um, so Phil Bailey, yeah, I've been uh, in data and BI for about 25 years now, and uh, as Richard said, I've had lots of different roles in consultancy, development, um, you know, enterprise data architects, etc. So I've been part of many different companies and industries, etc. And I've also done my fair share of hiring as well, which is why conversation um, and uh, I've seen plenty of different operating models around you know some that work better than others some that don't work so well and obviously uh, you know what, what we can talk about today is the fact that I've just recently been on my uh, own hiring experience it's a, it's a job hunting experience because I've been made redundant due to COVID and I've been sat reading lots of job specs and stuff that uh, some of which I found difficult to understand, to be honest, because a lot has changed in the last three or four years. <laughs> um, lots of new terminologies are coming out, different roles, etc. So obviously I've been trying to make sense of those, and some of them plainly don't make that much sense. And uh, yeah, there are, I think some companies are struggling to define what they want as well. Um, so have you had an experience like that yourself, Richard? Yeah, I think I think it's a big problem, and that's why uh, obviously when we we first had our chat, I think this became a really important issue to tackle. Uh, I think as roles have developed, uh, as time's gone on, there's been more and more role titles come about, and I think it leads to a lot of confusion not only on the um, the candidate side searching for a role, but also from a hiring manager and a business perspective. Uh, and it, it's interesting to try and think about how that's come about and what we can potentially do to tackle that. I mean, how, could you give any examples for, for, from your recent search of, of where that's happened? Yeah, I think uh, people use role, uh, role descriptions. They expect a lot out of one role description. The one That's one common theme I'm seeing. You know, people are expecting almost like a, a single person team, to, somebody to do absolutely every role. It's the unicorn. <laughs> exactly. Whereas yeah. previously there's been quite a good separation of role titles. But I think this new one is meaning different things to different people. And then there's also a job type, just the job title as well, can often be, mean different things in different companies. So again, adding to the, the confusion a little bit. I think generally, I don't know whether it's due to the COVID situation, but this, uh, companies seem to want a lot out of one person. So. I, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's down to budget constraints. I, I think so, I think sometimes it is. I think sometimes the hiring manager is just hands are tied, nothing they can do about it, and they have to have these skills. Uh, I, I also think it could be down to 
a company's ambition to get hold of data, make the most of it, and let's do it all now. And I think when that happens, these these specs come about that involve, you know, we want a data visual, visualization expert that can also do the, the data warehousing and then, you know, do some client-facing stuff and then, you know, look look at the database tuning and the DBA. So, and, and before you know it, you've got, you've got a unicorn that is either paid an absolute fortune to some of the biggest companies out there or, or simply doesn't exist and, and will never be found. And I think it, it, it can be really difficult to try and explain that to, 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 to companies. Um, and I suppose it can be down to maybe just a misunderstanding of what's out there. Um, but like I say, also it can come down to, right, we want everything right now. Uh, and sometimes if they take a, a little bit of a step back and maybe look at a bit of a, a longer journey, then that can be achieved. Um, but I also think from the candidate's perspective, it's, it's, it's really hard to know where to position yourself. You know, what, what am I? And, and, and I think one of the, you asked sort of, have I found similar things? I think one of the things that have come up from um, candidates a number of times with me is they start spreading their skill set very thin. So, so they, they, you know, they become, they start off with strengths in one area and suddenly before you know it, they're a bit of this, a bit of that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it leads to the confusion and it can, it can be difficult to then know, you know, what should I be doing? What, what is my role when I look at these titles? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I thought that basically when you step back, you see there's a bit of an opportunity, I think. Companies have started describing themselves really well in terms of their journey. You know, to using the job spec as a more of a selling tool. I think that's definitely coming across. But what they're not doing, and I feel there's an opportunity for, is for them to make it really engaging in terms of describing what, what kind of team they'll be joining. And if you, the analogy we're going to talk about, if we, once we look at that analogy, you'll see that if you can sort of describe what context you're going to be sat in in a better way, can be much more attractive for candidates you know you, the story is one thing but definitely number two is well who am I going to be working with who, who are my colleagues going to be who, you know what are the dynamics in that team which you often can only sort of get a little feeling from under the standard job spec I, yeah I, th I think I think a great example of this in terms of a, a specific role would be uh, you know data engineer and data scientist that's come in and there's a lot of crossover uh, a lot of the time they're they're sort of BI development roles or something that are made to look like a data engineer because it's maybe a new and exciting title and this is where the the, the blurred lines really start to come in and I think you're 100 percent right if there's a way to simplify that a little bit uh, and I think we spoke about uh, sort of unification and trying to get a, a way that everyone speaks the same language yeah. and it can be applied to many different situations and I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna show with the example um, that we have for sure um yeah i think so as alongside that is the company has been able to describe the team better as you said earlier it's also uh, helps if you frame it with something then it helps for you to say where you would fit in in that as well so yeah. you know as we look at the analogy I'll, I'll describe how i think i could use that analogy to fit into a uh, job spec if you see what i mean so we can look it becomes like a bit of a tool as well from a data leader's perspective it's a way to cut through the noise it's a way to to sit down maybe even analyze say you were coming into a new business 
analyzing where the business is at now who have we got who where are the where do the skills lie where are the gaps and sometimes looking at it not from role titles but maybe from uh, an analogy like we're going to discuss can, can make a big difference so yeah it's very interesting so yeah. i think i think what's best now if i share the um i think i'll share the screen just to show um a little diagram that phil's put together um and that will we'll be able to talk through that one second perfect can you see that phil yeah absolutely so it's not difficult to guess what the analogy is <laughs> like a premiership football team or something like that and obviously the point here is you know you've got to have a think about um what kind of analogy works for yourselves uh, what will resonate with people that you're working with it could be sport another different sport it could be a military type of setup it could be something from politics <laughs> looking at campaigns and stuff like that anything that you think might work and it's really just to make a bit of fun out of it but but it, it's more nice to give that framework as we just said where, where you're going to hang your hat and where you, you know if you look at this analogy now I can quite easily tell you that I am a bit of a manager there and a bit of a midfielder. So I've had the data architect roles and I've had the BI manager roles. And straight away, what that also says is what well, I'm not as well. So I'm not one of your strikers. I used to do in the old days, but now there's much, people are much better at uh, doing visualizations than I am and making things look really pretty. Same goes for defenders. But guess what? I need those. I need those defenders there to support what I do. So I want to know someone's got my back. I also want to know yeah. I'm going to be feeding good crosses into the strikers. <laughs> yeah. So you know you can use all these analogies to talk more more sort of flowery about things. You know, in a more constructive conversation, I think if you've got something like this to to hang it off. And um, you know, if you if you can have that conversation, I just think it's a more engaging conversation than talking. Yeah. Items. 100%, 100%. And if you can come up with something that works for you, that's relevant to the individuals as well, even better. Um, so, so you see yourself as a, a midfielder. I know you've, you've worn many hats across your, your career. So where, where, where your strengths would lie in that area, would it? Yeah, and the, manager, the bit of the off pitch as well in terms of manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Building team, et cetera. Uh, and you know, um, winning games and supporters, all that, all that flowery stuff you can talk about. <laughs> and what, some of the things that we've not talked about yet uh, in the prep, but there's things like stats. So as a midfielder, what would my stats be? How do I measure myself? You could talk about things like that. So there's all kinds of overlays and offshoots that you could use. And uh, I think personally, I think it could be a bit of fun for, for the whole team as well. And I think another uh, usage, possible usage for it was for. For example, if I, you know, I'm going to be starting a new role soon as a BI manager and members of my team, I might want to play this past them and say, guys, you know, you're a defender at the moment, but have you ever thought that you might want to be a striker at some point? And you could yeah. use it for an aspirational thing. I think it, yeah, so it's great to, to use as a, a, a tool, a, maybe a career development tool. Maybe it's, it's all about cutting through, through the noise and um, maybe being a bit more interactive with it. Uh, and I think it, what it comes down to is, you know, what, 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 what do you know now? Um, you know, what do you enjoy doing um, out of these roles and, and where, where do you see yourself going? 
Um, and I think forget about the role titles necessarily, forget about where that sits, um, focus on the responsibilities, focus on the, the actions that you'd be doing within that role um, and, and then try and look for that detail within the adverts as well. I think if you're a candidate searching for a role, it is easy to go, oh, well, when I'm, I'm not good for that because it's X, Y, Z. I think if you actually look at the, um, the ins and outs and try and focus on that area, um, that's probably the best, best route to go down. Exactly. You know, it's a, what are you good at? That's what begs the question here, doesn't it? Are you a star striker or are you a, you know, a world-class goalkeeper? You know, how, how would you describe yourself is, is what a sort of hiring team could ask in an interview. And also, you know, um, from your perspective, how do you think, do you think companies will enjoy putting something like this together in terms of, you know, when they're trying to attract people in? I think it. I think it's such a big issue uh, at the moment um, for for companies for, for for leaders when they're trying to build out a team is is how to structure it. And I think a lot of people have spoken about this. Um, I think it comes down to initially defining, you know, what what do we actually need? Like I said earlier, it's easy to jump in into it and say, right, we want data engineers, data scientists, or, or, or everyone at once. Let, let's prioritize it a little bit. Let's look at look look at what we need. Um, but but I think it's a great way to plan plan where the team how the team's structured potentially like I said earlier where the gaps are where the gaps in knowledge are um, and sometimes just focusing on the titles um, may miss that really and may may, may start to, to waste resources or, or potentially um, focus on the wrong areas when building a team um, but I love the fact that you're moving into a new role and this is something you're going to approach you know the team within there um, already um, so you can see see how it could work that's right I can test it out so I think another good thing to mention that people might be thinking at this point is, well, how do I look at team size and formations and stuff like that? Because how many strikers should you have? How many midfielders, you know? So you can overlay all these questions on top of there. Personally, if you're a sort of medium-sized company, I'd say you probably want more strikers than you need midfielders and defenders too as well. I think it's probably only one or two defenders, one or two midfielders. You don't tend to have many data architects, for example, in, in a typical organisation, unless you're huge. Mm. And then the strikers, you could have one striker per functional area. And those are your sort of analytic superstars in those areas, if you like. So you, know, you, you can draw that out quite easily, quite simply. I think a lot of people would relate to it. So, you know, and you, you make it yours. That's the thing, isn't it? So, what do you feel? is the current go-to so say you're uh, what, what's the standard if you're building out a team at the moment where do people tend to focus well i think if you look at the company i'm going to be joining soon um you know they've hired a defender and a striker at the same time and then you've got myself as the midfielder and the manager so you're covering each area there and, and importantly what you're not doing is you're not going off and buying a load of strikers Without the other roles in place, which is the easy thing to do, yeah. <laughs> exactly. People get carried away and they miss out mm. at that balance. You know, if you cover what each of those areas, you can't go that far wrong. Whereas if all your strikers are all following the ball trying to get a goal, you know, <laughs> it's not, the balance is not as organised, is it? So it's just using those um, those sort of things that come from you know a successful team is not new. There's lots and lots of different examples over the history of great teams being formed, there's lots of reference materials and books and stuff like that, but this is just a way 
to you know to make it come to life. I think the, the companies and make everybody else. Aware. Yeah, and I think one of the other one of the other sort of analogies we looked at was it the um, was it the magician, the orchestra? Yeah, go go down that route. Yeah. Yeah, there's ter terms we were playing. There's lots of different terms you can use. That's probably another analogy, isn't it? So maybe there's um, um, you know all these mystical books that people are into, or uh, yeah, there's lots of fun themes you could use and analogies. Yeah. Um, but the so that unicorn spec, as as I said earlier on, that would be one guy running all over the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think the, the trouble is it just happens all too often. You you see it all over the place. And I think the, the most shocking bit about it is it, it's never got a massive salary. <laughs> it's never got the salary that's probably deserved for a role like that. And you start to feel a little bit sorry for maybe someone who who does move into a role like that because surely the, the pressure um, it is huge and I know we spoke about it before it's not it's not even just that it's actually these individual areas deserve you know full focus they deserve people that are going to give all their time to, to that area to be able to get the um, the return on it basically to be yeah, able to, to be effective. yeah absolutely so I don't know uh, I think in conclusion I mean it's I've said it a number of times now I think it's a very dry topic if you're just looking at things you know line items on your job spec, stakeholder management. What does it really mean? Well, stakeholder management is a bad example because it's not really drawn out there. I couldn't think how it works in the analogy, but it's part of the manager role really, partly and partly a striker role. So, you know, instead of just looking at all the dry things, try and map it onto something like this. You know, have a bit of fun with it, make it stand out and come to life. And importantly, treat your team like a professional football manager would treat their team. That would be great if everyone was managed by Klopp. Uh, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think they'd be in a good position. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Klopp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that that's really good. So, um, is there any other advice, just generally talking about building for success? I think what's what's really apparent is, hence the title, building for success. It comes from the planning. It comes from how you start the process, rather than. Um, you know, deciding halfway through, it's about how you how you plan where you need to supply resource and, and, and where you need to show your focus. But is there any other tips you'd give around whether it's stuff to avoid or from from your experiences or stuff that's actually worked well when you've tried to develop teams? No, I think um, you know if it was me putting myself in the shoes of a hiring manager, I would just want the whole experience to be as engaging as possible and to stand out from the crowd. You know, if, if I saw an advert like this, that would have been the one I focused on the most. To be honest, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I think it's so hard to stand out. Say that. It's so so important to stand out, but actually yeah. it's it rarely happens when you rarely yeah. see an advert. And I'm talking about in recruitment as well, me included. Yeah. Um, there needs to be more creativity with, with adverts. And I think having yeah. this type of structure when you're talking about um, where a role fits into a business and how how they'd come in and what they'd be involved in. What better a way than to, to put in something like this? Um, yeah. and, and like we've already said, you can apply it to so many different things. It doesn't just have to be <laughs> doesn't just have to be football. Though it works very well with football, it could be so many different things. Um, and like you said, from from someone who's been searching recently and had quite a few frustrations and also just 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 confusion around the, these roles that are coming out um this you're saying this type of thing would have really stood out 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, I could have easily, well, in fact, I used similar terminology when I was trying to explain it, but not as clear as this. So this is a bit of a light bulb moment for me the other day when I just thought, yeah. why don't people do this? You know, <laughs> why is it not happening? Yeah. I mean, it'd make your life a lot easier, wouldn't it? I need a new Messi for you, you see it now, all my adverts will be football analogies. <laughs> yeah. I hope it works. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brilliant. But no, I really appreciate you taking the time, Phil, and the, and the, the time you put into, um, into, into that work as well. Um, it's something that I will share after, after the episode. Um, I'll share a, a bit of a diagram and also put some other bits together. Uh, I think what would also be really interesting to hear from people, um, if you've seen this and you have any other examples or, or potentially you've done a similar thing within your role um, or your business, then it would be great to hear from you. So, um, yeah, likes, shares, comments, everything like that will be uh, much appreciated. Um, so, yeah, um, that, that concludes the episode then, Phil, but really appreciate your time and, um, and we'll keep in touch. Thanks for talking to me. All the best in the new role as well. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks a lot.